0: Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare.
1: 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... Um, tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine tighter skin or your money back get a 15 percent discount code by using the discount code game that's fiber Skincare.
0: have you ever experienced a dry itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised well unfiltered mineral filled water could be the reason why did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry irritated skin and that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in.
1: Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended Welcome to the Game of Roses this, this is the Game of Roses Welcome to the Game of Roses Hold on I'm gonna fluff my hair I forgot who I am for a second
0: I had a weak bitch moment but I'm back
1: Welcome to Game of Roses This is Pace Case
0: This is is bachelor clues and before we begin tonight's analysis of the big game we have to let you know that we've reached a decision (laughs) after two hours of intense debate that required multiple bathroom breaks multiple gettings of drinks we have finally arrived at a decision
1: i went to the bathroom and got a drink are you just making fun of me
0: No. I'm saying it was an intense debate. There was a lot of thought given
1: to this. Oh, yeah. There were many portions to the debate.
0: As you know, we don't like spoilers. We like to analyze the game as it happens and be able to make predictions and all this kind of stuff. But there was some news that has come out, some speculative news, I should say. This is not confirmed by the show or anything, that has come out. And although it does not affect the outcome of this season, it has nothing to do with the play in this season, It is related to the next season of The Bachelorette Mm -hmm. because it has to do with a very key figure on that season.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who that person who wears the crown is. And look, we looked at everything in making this decision. We looked at the fact that there's precedent. I told you halfway through Claycia's season that they were going to switch The Bachelorette and have Tayshia come in. I made that decision, and this Mm. is similar. Hadn't been announced by the show, but felt like it was important to talk about.
0: And we feel like being able to talk about this thing will enhance our analysis of tonight's game because it does make some things that happen in it far more interesting knowing this information. And once again, this has nothing to do with the outcome of this season, but we are going to say this now we are going to use this information
1: (laughs) we are going to talk about this information throughout the rest of this episode
0: and throughout the rest of the season and throughout the rest of the next season because it is that big and that important and i think it's going to become public knowledge i think it's going to be verified by the show within days anyway so i don't think it's like a huge Mm -hmm. spoiler even in and of itself do you want to do the honors
1: we have learned that the next Bachelorette, our technically 18th crown, 17th Bachelorette season, will be Katie Thurston.
0: Again, this is not confirmed, but it was reported by Reality Steve yesterday. And no one is really refuting it. There are a couple of things popping up. Katie had a Instagram story that said, news to me. And Mari Pepin went in Reality Steve's tweets and said, false, but I think these things are in reference to the information being revealed at the Women Tell All. I think the information is still accurate that Katie Thurston is the next Bachelorette. And if it is true, it means she will be the lowest place finisher of all time to be awarded the crown, having left this season in 11th place, which is fascinating Meaning that her second, third, and fourth audience games were so fucking strong, she could overcome one of the weakest first audience games that we have probably ever seen, I guess, from a crown. So, that's interesting. There are many interesting things about it, but congratulations to Katie. She's obviously a fantastic player, and we are looking forward to watching that season, which is going to be coming up in like fucking five (laughs) weeks or something. I mean, there's just no end to the churn of it now, but that's the spoiler.
1: The only crowns who have been even close have been Juan Pablo Galvez was a contestant on the ninth season of the Bachelorette, was eliminated in week six. And Hannah Brown, who was what, sixth place? Seventh. Seventh.
0: So that's where we're at. That's the baseline information we are going to be assuming is true as we continue forward. We thank you for indulging us. And again, we came to this decision after some debate, but We felt it was the right thing to do because, again, it doesn't ruin any of the gameplay that's going to happen for the rest of the season. We still don't know that shit. Like, I know that there are some spoilers about it out there. I am not aware of them. Me either. i remained in the dark on that.
1: And at this point, it's not a season spoiler either as Katie went home tonight. So this was our thought process. Hope y'all are on board. (laughs)
0: And now, let's do it, Pace Case. We're going to give you what you came here for. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game
1: of Roses. Cold Open. We start on what looks like camera security footage of Heather Martin. Coming up to Nemecolon in a white van, talking to a security guard in a mask. It's like we're watching a play. She's maskless and she has a frantic energy about her and she tells him I'm looking for Chris Harrison. This masked security guard gets on the phone and calls DLH. And this masked security guard was my... Jorge 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 Moreno bystander of the week,
0: week, 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 week Oh shit right out the gate your bystander was in the fucking cold right open Right
1: off the bat well <laughs> oh my God. he recurred multiple times throughout this episode and he participates in this back and forth play this comedic play that they keep cutting to and I thought he did a great job
0: I didn't want to tell you this but What? That security guard is actually Farmer Ty. What? (laughs) No, maybe, actually, maybe. Somebody sent me your Jorge Moreno bystander of the week from last week, Farmer Ty, the guy who led them on the farm date.
1: Do you have info on Farmer Ty?
0: It was his LinkedIn page. It was like <laughs> Nema Colon Recreations Director or something like that. He was oh definitely not God. a farmer. He was just some Nima Colon employee who'd worked there for seven years.
1: Well, it was hard to tell. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Farmer tie. I feel like this man really played a security guard role well and like truly is a security guard, but I've been fooled before. He calls up Dark Lord Harrison on the phone. A dealer says, Heather Martin? What the... Bleep, is she doing here? I thought it was fuck. Clues thought it was hell.
0: I don't know which it is. I mean, it was bleeped. My mind just went to hell. What the hell is she doing here? But it might have been, what the fuck is she doing here? I don't know. But the final shot we see of this is shot from a high angle within the security guard booth. It is as though it's security camera footage, just like the footage of the car rolling up. None of this is real. This is all faked. All of it is acted. And the opening scene here is trying to make it seem like all of this is just Heather Martin's idea that she's coming up here and we're just using security camera footage. We're not even shooting this. There's not even a camera crew out there. Not scripted or set up in any way. And yet the entire thing is completely scripted. It is directed like a fucking movie. The entire show is a lie. My rage is at a million percent. (laughs) And then the show starts. That's how they fucking got me going tonight.
1: But was your rage... Satiated by the next image, which was a deer silhouetted against the night sky,
0: it was a possible deer. creature. It was a couple,
1: two deer, double too association. Deer.
0: Yeah, I loved it. Then we ease into the show. Serena P gets a little colorful narrator role to get us up to speed about MJ and Jacinda's feud. Katie calls MJ the last of the Mean Girl tribe. Identifying this idea of tribalism that has overtaken the country of America, it exists as well in the game. The game is a reflection of America, a mirror held up to exactly what we are.
1: <laughs> it is exactly what a portion of the country is. It's not super representative. For instance, no women above the size four.
0: No, no, I know, but I'm just saying this idea of like there are two tribes in The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And she's saying MJ represents the last of the Mean Girl tribe. I feel like America is split into two tribes as well at this point.
1: Then we cut to the two-on-one date itself: Justenia versus MJ.
0: They're arguing. Matt pulls up in his sports car. He walks through the halls and he enters the two-on-one room. He sits between them and tells them he's here to find a wife, and they have to get to the bottom of their tension. He bachelor preferences Jacinia This is when he pulls a player of his own choosing to go have some one-on-one time. And what Jacinia does in this one-on-one moment is a fucking work of art. She tells him that Victoria and MJ were the instigators of the bullying. She says MJ says she likes to lead by example, but she created the division. She started it. This is a brilliant preemptive strike here. MJ constantly is saying, I lead by example, I lead by example. Jessenia knows she's going to use that as a fucking offensive play and she just cuts it off at the knees. This is a brilliant use of the advantage that you get if you go first in a situation like this. You can attack the other player's main offensive weapon and they are not there to defend it. I really love this play. We've seen
1: it before regarding tears. I remember. I can't remember who did it, but they were like oh that person's like just gonna start crying and then it'll whatever and then on cue that person cried and it just undercut the tears completely
0: to eliminate someone's use of tears or in this case to eliminate someone's use of essentially a catchphrase she said i lead by Mm -hmm. example so many times it really is a kind of identifier of who she is as a character and it was just beautiful I, i really really loved it
1: and Yesenia goes hard at her. She pulls no punches. She says MJ loves to preach about leading by example, but she's the one who started it. She says everything she has done has come from a place of malice. <laughs> that is a very 40 WR accusation. MJ seems to be flying off the handle, says she shouldn't have said my fucking name, breaks down in tears. I just can't stand her, and like this is kind of cut together. I'm not sure exactly what is being said in the moment, but she says, "I just can't stand her. She's such a little bitch. She's not going to get away with this. I can't fucking do this right now."
0: Yeah, only some of that is played on face. Yeah, much of it is not. I Sus- I had the same note that it was like I don't know how much of this shit is real. I don't think she said all of this.
1: But Justenia does a good move here, saying to Matt, "I value everything you stand for. I'm standing by you." you i'm there 100 percent. i'm for trr i'm your teammate i'll back you up thought it was a great thing to end her her portion on
0: and then matt james returns to take mj to her one-on-one time and mj itms <laughs> hold on let me fluff my hair i forgot who i was for a second i had a weak bitch moment but i'm back she claps her hands and she's ready to fucking play she's basically psyching herself up for the big moment she knows this is the bottom of the ninth two outs bases loaded two strikes and this is it (laughs) here comes the last pitch what are you gonna fucking do with it because she knows that if she doesn't nail this she's fucking going home she is fully aware of that walking into this full gameplay on display here
1: grabbed my popcorn She tells Matt, her heart is so big. I'm trying to show that to you every second. The fact that she said I'm creating a divide while I'm trying to bring everyone together. I'm emotionally and mentally exhausted. Matt's like, yeah, I had to do a double take. Doesn't seem like something you would do. MJ sort of tries to play a PTC here. She's like, someone can say one fucking thing. I've had to overcome so many fears this week and now I have to overcome my biggest fear of losing you. Pulls out tears here. It's a respectable Hail Mary effort.
0: I was astounded when she pulled out the tears. I was like, all right, she's playing. She really is leaving it all on the field. She did as well as she could. Matt James has a, an uncanny ability. I will say this. He's not a good lead by any stretch of the imagination. He gives all of them the same excuse or tells them all the same reason that they're here. You're here because I want you to be here. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> but here, it actually kind of works in his favor. Because she's essentially saying, I'm not the instigator. I'm not the bad person. He's like, yeah, I know. I am I back you. Totally fine. He's never getting in anyone's face who's being accused of being a villain or a bully in any way. He's just like, yeah, you're cool to me. That's all I care about. But then later, <laughs> we see what happens as MJ comes back and gets into a fight with Jasenia. They fight about which one of them is an, in quotes, weak bitch. And it seems like this line... To me, was fed to them by the producers because MJ saying it in her ITMs, they're saying it out loud in this fight. I felt like both of these players were in ITMs right before this, and that line was being fed to them. And the producers like, "Yeah, you need to tell her that that's what she is. She thinks you're that." Ba 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 ba. You know, I don't know why else would they both would have said it in this argument.
1: Uh, by the way, did you catch what Jasenia says here? She calls her Meredith. Meredith, you preach about weak bitch energy while weak bitches lie. I was like, oh, this is like some sort of attack using her real name.
0: (laughs) It's like a mom attack when, when your mom, when you were a kid, would call you by your first and middle name. And then portion two begins with Matt James walking around his study by a crackling fire, rubbing his hands together. This is a beautiful ponder shot. James says they're both incredible and he likes them both but he can't continue this journey with both of them there he's conflicted of course you are Matt James that's what the show's about
1: he holds up the gesture for 50 50 like he's weighing both of them also here (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: how I make my decisions always I put up two hands like they're scales of justice (laughs) could be
1: my wife could be my wife am I feeling weak bitch energy on either side
0: But he returns to our two two on one combatants and he gives little speeches to each. To MJ, he says, Our connection is undeniable. And he felt that from the first conversation. He's enjoyed their moments together. To Jessenia, he says, I know you said you're going to be my rock and I see you. I feel you. He ponders on the rose. And then, MJ, I'm sorry, I cannot give you this rose. So despite her tears, despite her attempts here, she is eliminated and Jacenia itm some tears it feels good to be validated and then he walks mj out
1: mj you know kind of an error at the end she's still attacking jesenia in her limo exit um saying that she sabotaged me that sucks but jesenia is petty and then the women walked to the cocktail party and they theorize, based on environmental clues, what has transpired on the two-on-one date. Gameplayer Kit says, I thought we were going to walk in and find MJ or Jacenia. Gameplayer Sarita P says, there's no rose and it looks like there might have been one previously. Gameplayer Rachel, I'm going to go ahead and assume you gave the rose out to one of them. Gameplayer Chelsea, we saw an empty rose placard.
0: I loved this so much. <laughs> it meant that the producers had to have left that little silver tray with the rose on that table on purpose so that all of them saw it when they came in this is a very purposeful thing so now they get this scene the producers get to shoot this conversation of all of them speculating about oh shit was there a rose on that i don't know well if there was it had to have been i guess he must have given it to somebody oh jesus who got it
1: and then they time holding just back to walk in the room
0: they send her in And you see a little sigh of relief fall over the crowd. It's kind of like your friend coming back after playing Russian roulette. Because there is this idea about the two-on-one that it is terrible. That you never want to be on it. And I'm going to continue to say this till the day I die. The two-on-one is not actually the death sentence people think it is. I maintain it's actually a good thing. Because it gives you a 50-50 shot of a fucking rose. There's no other date that gives you that
1: we'll see how the stats play out but i think it is a scarlet letter a scarlet 2 on your chest when you get the 2 on 1 date and you are never a viable candidate
0: a viable candidate for what though no one's a viable candidate for the ring except one person
1: for ring or crown uh there have been rings that
0: won it and i don't know if there have been a crown ever that that won it the first 2 on 1 date ever technically the first roser goes was um Travis Stork Trish. and his ring winner won it. Trish wasn't a Roser goes.
1: Oh, first a Roser goes. Okay. Um. Right. Yeah. Okay. Season eight. Yeah, it happened. But <laughs> modern era, professional era. Are there ring winners who have been on two-on-ones?
0: No, but there's Million IG Club members. There's high sand placement.
1: Who's in the Million IG Club who was on a two-on-one?
0: How dare you? Ashley Iaconetti? Oh. Thank you.
1: Okay, the singular one. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's more and people are going to come at me, but... um, It's unlikely. And I'm just saying, statistically, you either go home that week or the next week. I think the stats are going to play out. We're still tabulating, but...
0: But I'm saying those stats don't necessarily matter in this case because the attitude of what a two-on-one is affects those stats. A new attitude has to come into the game about getting the two-on-one. You are now playing a different game.
1: It doesn't need to come into
0: the game. It does for players who want the fucking two-on-one, Rose, and don't want to get kicked off like uh, Jacenia got here.
1: If you get a two-on-one, you have to have a positive attitude, but I'm saying you should avoid the two-on-one. That's what we're arguing about.
0: And I'm saying I think there is a way to play them that will guarantee you the rose almost every time and allow you to go further in the season.
1: Sure, there's a way to play them, but they are not a net good is what I'm saying.
0: Only because that attitude exists. I think if it were changed, (laughs) it could be a net good. You could want to get the two-on-one because now it's a head-to-head battle. You don't have to deal with a group dynamic. You don't have to deal with the... I have to have a PTC and a walls and a love level of a one-on-one. This is something totally different. It's about who can discredit the other person better and first. And here (laughs) Jesenia did it and it was brilliant. She now gets to walk back into that room with a fucking rose in her hand while all those other players are like, shit, now we have to do a rose ceremony. She's safe. Her anxiety is over.
1: I think Jesenia played it pretty well, as well as she could in the circumstance, but I don't see her being top four and we've talked about that being a huge difference. Whether you make top four or not. I don't think she'll
0: be top four either.
1: The woman asked Justenia how it went. She says well MJ didn't really have an argument for herself so she was walked out Katie smiles <laughs> uh, Serena C lo- sets up this line looking forward to seeing Matt's fine ass walk through the door DLH walks in a finer ass than she even could imagine.
0: <laughs> and then Serena she goes, Oh no. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love when they hate the Dark Lord. And of course the Dark Lord tells them, No cocktail party, we are going straight to Rose. And DLH slides this little line in here. I know it's disappointing, but I respect Matt James's decision. Fucking are you kidding me? This is all the producer's decision to invoke more turtling
1: i don't think matt has made a single decision this entire season
0: <laughs> but this decision by the producers is meant to force more turtling which is something they are doing on almost every day now they're doing it at fucking rose ceremony cocktail parties the m- amount of manipulation they're doing this season is insane it's every fucking interaction has something where they're like okay and none of you get to talk to him okay moving on Now there's five new players coming in. Okay. You're all going to hate each other. Now this is going to happen.
1: It's almost like, and Ryan cries immediately at this happening um, because basically she knows she doesn't have a chance at this point because she hasn't gotten any time. And it's almost like, um, it reminds me of when I went to the women tell all and they kept like extra audience members in this warehouse. And it's like, especially I think because it's this COVID season and they are completely trapped. We're just seeing people basically waiting in the warehouse who don't get any time, and we're just seeing them suffering, and that's it.
0: It's also weird, this COVID season, I think you're right about the um, the trapped nature of it is more apparent than it usually is in other seasons. The illusion that the players or the lead have any control over the situation is completely removed in Nima Colin, and La Quinta because they're all anything they do you're very aware of the fact that the producers had to set this up they're like walking into rooms and have weird shit in them and it's like well somebody set up that weird shit but when you see in a normal season where they're just like out on a yacht swimming in the ocean they appear to be free they appear to be moving of their own volition
1: they appear to be experiencing real life
0: (laughs) yeah this is much more like oh they're living in a weird made-up like high school play it's so strange
1: yeah it makes it seem much more like a prison and especially that scene that we saw what was that last week where kit and victoria are walking in the pairs down the lawn Uh um my friend went back to new New zealand and you have to stay quarantined in this building for two weeks and she recorded like this place outside you can go and you can like walk in this loop and it just reminded me of that (laughs) like yeah. You're entirely regimented and cloistered.
0: 30 minutes in the yard. And then for some reason, Serena C. starts coming after Katie, accusing her of always being involved in the drama. And Katie's like, "What? what are you fucking talking about? And I also agree, what the fuck is she talking about here? All I can think is the producers have cut her some kind of a decent sand placement to be a goon.
1: This is the only thing that makes sense to me. It definitely seems like it's coming out of nowhere, but... Goon job, right? What?
0: It's a goon job.
1: Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, if they want to set Katie up as the Bachelorette, why not give her one last victimization play where a player is attacking her seemingly out of nowhere and her 4TRR is questioned and she's able to combat it. baseless
0: i mean we'll get to it later she the things that she's specifically saying make no fucking sense and for those who don't know a goon in hockey is a hockey player who's on the team that doesn't really play hockey but when they get in fights or they want to take out a player on the other team they will send the goon in to just beat the shit out of that player and get like penalized out of the game but he will have caused an injury or something like that they don't (laughs) even know how to play the sport they were like good hockey players in high school, okay. college or or college something, but they're not like pro level, but they can just kick the shit out of people and take damage and stuff like that. So I feel like Serena C is essentially playing that here. The coaches put her in to go like take Katie out.
1: Another theory is that she realizes she's low on the totem pole and she's like, you know what? If I can manufacture a rivalry, I'll get a little screen time. Maybe get some sand.
0: Whatever's going on here. It's highly orchestrated and baseless.
1: Ryan is crying, says, I don't know if I've ever been this scared or anxious in my entire life. And Michelle plays an STCO, a shoulder to cry on, and they issue a primal scream into the Nemicon sky. STCO to scream.
0: A rarity. Portion three begins with seven roses laying on a pedestal, and Bree explains to us, that Jacinia rachel abigail and kit have roses that means three of us are going home so we're about to cut down to 11 players is what we know piper itms tears she hates carrying this much and not knowing what he's gonna do this is a good four trr fourth audience and third audience game here and then james emerges and apologizes for canceling the cocktail party but he is confident he's just following his heart so don't be mad if he doesn't give you a rose basically he always <laughs> issues these old things they're like sorry these are hard decisions but i'm just following my heart so yeah i replaced.
1: know turtling is psychological torture but here we are <laughs> i know you spent all week preparing your mini dates for me but too bad then
0: we get this rose ceremony serena p first flower michelle piper Bree chelsea katie itm she feels weak a lot here and she needs to know that everything she's going through is worth it katie gets a rose dlh emerges ladies matt this is the final rose tonight he offers the dark touch to the lead matt james this is a small pat in the center of the back that he gives to all leads upon final rose release and then serena c gets rose number seven and that is it. DLH comes back to deliver the tam. Sig, Take a moment. Say your goodbyes. Maggie, Brittany, and Ryan
1: are consumed
0: by the Dark Lord.
1: Brittany goes home. Does that mean no sand for Anna?
0: What they did to Brittany was terrible. They embroiled her in this entire rumor about being a sex worker.
1: Entertaining men for money. S-
0: wasn't true, seemingly could have destroyed her life. They made that a whole plot that this rumor might destroy her life. They cut mm-hmm. that into the show, they hit it again and again. They made it the whole plot of an episode. They don't even give her the fucking respect of an exit speech here. She literally walks out and that is it. We never hear from her again. That is the prize they give you for destroying your fucking life.
1: Well, I bet she'll get a WTA hot seat. We'll see. Um, By the way, they did give an exit speech to Maggie, who said, he has no idea the love I have, how much love I can give. My person is definitely out there, and I can't wait to meet him. This was such a great Bachelor in Paradise sand line. Perfect exit speech. The fourth audience starts picturing her soulmate for her, thinking of what members of Bachelor Nation they want to be on sand with Maggie.
0: Yeah, it was expertly done and ryan on the other hand was sobbing through her exit speech saying she wished she could have changed things she just felt like it was too late and it's not fair that is correct ryan (laughs) it is too late and it is not fair that is the basis of the game you're playing
1: yeah it's interesting keeping this higher number of women longer so that they're turtling don't get any time they're alternates
0: and then portion number 4 begins with an image of a creature. This creature <laughs> is a big creature.
1: Uh-huh. It's
0: a bison, <laughs> aka a buffalo. Uh-huh. And he's licking his lips. And the creature? This, yes, this creature, this <laughs> buffalo was my <laughs> Creature of the week.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately, this buffalo was also my Ah. creature of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that unfortunate? You tricked me. I was trying to do a little cliffhanger. Build, build that into it my worked. story. <laughs> it
0: literally worked
1: on me. I was like, what other creature even was there? <laughs> Beautiful creature. I think that was in the zoo, probably. Their wild animal park. The women are in the Nema Common Room. They discuss how there are 11 girls. Five have had one-on-one. Six have not. Serena C says that one-on-one is everything. And Dark Lord Harrison comes in. He goes, I know... Last night was a lot, you know, having to go straight to Rose. I know you hate that, but he felt comfortable going straight to Rose because he's confident his wife is in this room. You guys are elite. And he says, jump forward just a couple of weeks. We're talking hometowns. We're talking overnights. He is explaining to them once again where they are in the season.
0: <laughs> he's amping up their competition. He's, he's prodding them in that moment. He's being like, we're almost to the fucking playoffs, guys, huh? Pump it up, pump it up, and here's your date card. Boom. So now they're all as on edge as they possibly can be when this date card is going to be read. And it is a one-on-one. Tonight will be worth the wait. And this goes to Piper. Serena ITMs that Katie is calculated and annoying. Again, she's hitting this fucking like, this has to be a goon job.
1: She also... Does a a sad, colorful narrator time cop thing here saying, now I'm waiting again for that time. It's getting more serious and kind of scary.
0: And then Serena C. walks down the hallway and knocks on Katie's door saying, we should talk. This is going to be the second, second audience attack Katie has had to deal with this season. The first one from Victoria Larson, who she took down, arguably. She at least weathered that storm, didn't relent. And Victoria was the one who went home before she did. So I would call it a win.
1: This room doesn't look as nice as Sarah Trott's isolation chamber. <laughs> this room looks a lot shittier. But they sit on this couch. Serena C says, you didn't understand what I meant. I'm frustrated by time getting taken away by your antics. I don't think you're truly here for Matt. This is a very hardcore 40 twr attack. Serena C is playing here. Katie says, you don't know what Matt and I talk about. You were being very insecure last night. I thought you were coming to apologize.
0: Oh, I love that. We've seen that a couple of times this season. Like, you owe me an apology. No, you owe me an apology. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) It's When that defense or offense is played about I'm owed an apology from you, there's no going back on it. You're now at a standstill it's a stalemate it's going to be a game of inches little movements here and there to who can get the advantage on the other person
1: yeah serena c says for what and katie does another power move the fact that you're attacking me is pathetic if you have a problem with last night take it up with matt she's like run it up the (laughs) the chain of command serena says these 10 girls their biggest picture here is to be with matt this was such an interesting line to me i'm like the implication is that katie has a different big picture also all of them are instagram influencers they all have the same fucking picture that
0: attack the 4twr attack is becoming harder to use with each successive season
1: yes it's impossible to do now
0: we all know they're all there 4twr at least in the first place you know you can convey 4tr or whatever but
1: serena c has been playing the games for months she recorded herself telling her parents she was going on the show that is not yeah. a <laughs> gonna try my one chance at love thing katie says i am who i am i have never been fake and matt likes me for everything i am don't speak on his behalf you keep taking up so much of my energy it's a waste Serena says your antics you're inserting yourself in other people's business lighting little fires everywhere. You are the freaking arsonist Talking about bullying and toxicity doesn't help your relationship Katie says I didn't drop any names. Serena says it doesn't matter And she says i'm not gonna sit here and let mean girls be mean girls So yeah, I told them there was bullshit in this house Not my story to tell. So if girls wanted to tell their story, they were going to tell their story I didn't drop mj's name or anna let the girls speak for themselves I feel like this she's demonstrating the benefit of a general tattle here that she didn't drop names. She let these people implode on their own games.
0: And perfectly done. I mean, she executed a flawless tattle, which is one of the hardest things to do in the entirety of the whole fucking game. But then this argument escalates to kind of a screaming match with Katie saying, "Let me talk." And the other women in the other room can hear them as this is starting to erupt. And
1: Yeah, it's a Peeping Tom. <laughs> peeping tom knock knock
0: as well as katie is playing this you can tell her emotions are getting into the game here she's getting heated but still even as emotional as she is she's playing it well up to this point
1: uh she does a little (laughs) move here serena by the way can't stop looking at the camera she's not doing great at that she says you're focusing on things other than your relationship and i'm not the only one who thinks that and katie does this little curtsy gesture and says thank you for your feedback which I thought was awesome. And I think she should bring that into her season as crown.
0: Yeah. uh, She's just, she's very good. I agree with you. That little flourish at the end is just like a fuck you. And it was so well-timed, so well-placed. And then she just turns and walks the fuck out. We are done here. I will get the final performance. I will get the final moment. You can go fuck yourself. It's great.
1: It definitely had the, gravitas of a and jesus still loves me
0: yes totally and then katie itms i cannot reason with crazy i don't know why she's so hung up on me she doesn't care about her opinion anymore serena c comes back to the other players and tells them that katie stormed off and she talks about her antics taking time from them to be with matt like her sex positivity (laughs) performance she brings that up the dildo i'm like wait a minute her antics you mean her fucking overwhelmingly dominant strategy that made her the main character of night one
1: she the way she came in hella hot with her sex positivity that was her shock and awe performance
0: yeah and it's like yeah correct and it worked
1: they were all performances every limo exit is a performance it's like in
0: baseball if somebody hits a fucking grand slam and you're like this guy just comes in here and hits fucking home runs all day it's like (laughs) i don't get what he's doing
1: yeah this this idiot she's gonna be she's gonna get the the tag of the bachelor premiere and she's gonna become the next bachelorette
0: and then serena c lies to the fucking group and tells them that katie says she wasn't here for matt which we have never seen in the show i'm sure they would have put that in the show had it happened and katie starts getting flustered and she still has the wherewithal though to say if you have a problem with me and matt's relationship tell matt if this is real your little act you're putting on put your fucking money where your mouth is go tattle to him high level strategy she is furious but she is still turning out great plays because a regular player in this situation would just defend themselves what i have with matt is my business and fuck you and blah 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 blah, blah." but to have that extra step above go talk to matt then see what that's about that may stick in her head serena may just go implode on matt after that suggestion we don't see that happen but it was like i just love this little bit of play she is proving really that she understands the game even when she is emotionally potentially overwhelmed by the circumstances of it she's still able to do the good play
1: she definitely comes across a lot better than serena c here serena c starts to get super petty and says your actions will speak louder katie says i'm still here and serene c says barely like as if like they're all aware of this totem pole of the pecking order and katie is on the cusp of going home
0: and then heather martin
1: shows up
0: with no mask this is the cold open scene she pulls up to the masked guard and portion five begins with fucking dark lord harrison marching down this long driveway in his best fall vest And before we get to what happens between the Dark Lord and Heather Martin, please enjoy this word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro, FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel because right now you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same-game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. Twenty one plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non withdrawable site credit that expires in fourteen days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred gambler.
1: The guard says, The guard said, You're not allowed in here. We're close to the public right now. He's performing very well. This is complete bullshit
0: she's like well but isn't there some way i could come in and of course there is because the producers have had you sequestered in the same hotel as all the other players for the past two weeks and they're going to bring you in specifically to interrupt this episode so that's what they do chris harrison squints his eyes in the bright glare of the nema colon woods as heather martin steps out of the car and says hi chris and he says heather she gets out of the car smiling and she invokes the royal name of hannah brown the biggest instagram player in the history of our beloved game and she says that hannah told her matt james would be perfect for her and that means a lot coming from hannah brown so she drove to nema colon none of this is true but we are made to watch it unfold. Her acting is bad and gets worse as the rest of this episode progresses. But they're selling this. They're forcing us to watch this.
1: Dark Lord Harrison <laughs> says, we are halfway through, we got a quarantine, and Heather says, I don't think that's going to stop me.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> I know.
1: Yes, it is, Heather. It's like, well, wait, though. I <laughs> mean, nothing did, stop you? Oh, my God. And then he says... Not much surprises me. I honestly didn't see this one coming. We'll take this one up the hill. It wouldn't be close to today. Also, go back to your motel and we'll be in touch. She hasn't mentioned a motel at this point. This conversation is so fucking crazy. It reminded me of like a waiting for Godot type scene that they keep cutting back to. It's just so absurd.
0: When he says, I didn't see this coming. She says, yeah, I didn't either i'm like oh my god <laughs> she's basically admitting she thought she was going to be there from the beginning of the season do you and think they heather martin
1: her? is going to be the ed waste brought of the season and she's never going to actually talk to matt it'll just be her and dark lord harrison <laughs>
0: drinking wine at 2 a.m in his private yeah. suite
1: <laughs> please
0: i just i don't know what they're using her for i feel so bad for what they've done to heather martin in this entire fucking thing it's I just mean, like she's getting a strong oh fool
1: edit at this point
0: one of the strongest fool edits we've ever fucking seen we'll get to some of our other yeah. scenes here coming up but <laughs> jesus fucking christ so uh she turns around goes back and is going to wait for word from the dark lord and the producers on whether or not she could come on the nemacola grounds
1: he's got a running up the flagpole up the hill And we get the first portion of Piper's first one-on-one date with Matt. She gets in a car with him at night, and she says, I used to really like surprises, and then I came here to hell. (laughs) She didn't say that part.
0: And he drives her to a remote location in the darkness of night. He gives her a flashlight and a kiss, and he forces her out of the car into the shadows. She has no idea where they are or where he is taking her they walk around and they come to a switch in the middle of the woods and he demands that she throw it and when she does all the lights turn on in a private amusement park yay (laughs) we've seen this exact same date
1: i mean i'm like maybe this is maybe it's been long enough that most people haven't seen this but i'm like we have seen that that little light switch thing that represents lighting up the carnival so many goddamn times at this point i want to say the first was ashley hubert but i'm not sure on bradwell max season but i know i've seen it it a bunch since
0: yeah and (laughs) as they start jogging towards this private amusement park matt james (laughs) itms the importance of carnivals in his life he said he looked forward to going to the fair 365 days a year the lights and walking through the gates was just magical what the fuck is he talking about?
1: This was maybe my favorite line of the episode. Matt James is <laughs> <laughs> like, works for big fairs secretly. Like It kind of reminded me of Brendan Marias last season being like the carnival is the biggest part of the town I grew up in. I don't know. It's just like a, a very strange thing to say you think about 365 days a year.
0: It's definitely the same producers who did La Quinta and Nemo Colon and both, you're right, have these moments where a player or the lead is kind of forced to talk about the personal attachment they have to a carnival,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> which doesn't really exist. He said he fucking thought about going to the carnival 365 days a year. Is any human on planet Earth have that thought, 365 yes, days a year?
1: because there are people who are really into Disneyland and they are thinking about it all the time
0: yeah fair enough
1: um but by the way speaking of that brendan mariah's date how much better is this date than that fucking looking to shit sweat shit show
0: oh my god i mean this actually has like rides and shit and real carnival games the other one was just like a couple of fucking popsicle sticks glued together with toothpaste (laughs) and they had to like pretend that they were fucking
1: in 110 degree heat He also, by the way, he also calls it his Enchanted Carnival. But what was enchanted about it? How is it enchanted?
0: Only somebody who looks forward to fairs 365 days a year would be able to identify that.
1: But they sit down. They play
0: a game where they squirt water into these things and something's racing against each other. They make a joke about her beating him and her competitive side coming out. She gets a stuffed animal. He hits a sledgehammer bell thing. He gets a kiss from her. They ride a few rides. They kiss some more. They eat cotton candy.
1: Good chemistry game by Piper. And she praises the process here. She says, oh, it's showing me that falling in love is possible here. Oh, and she also tells him group date after group date makes this that much more worth it. So she is praising the little time that she has had with him on group dates.
0: Speaking of group dates, back at the Nima common room... The players are all gathered and they know it's going to be a group date card that's coming through the door and they know the name that is not on it will therefore have the next one-on-one. Rachel reads the group date card. This lane leads to love for Bree, Kit, Rachel, Michelle, Jacinia, Serena P., Abigail, Chelsea, and uh, Serena C., which means Katie is going to be getting that last one-on-one date this week. Katie delivers an acceptance speech here. Can't wait to have it be all about him and her. And Serena C ITMs that she hopes James sends her home on their one on one.
1: Portion six starts, and it is a selfie video by Heather Martin in her quarantined motel room. She says, I was on Colton season, and I'm here to see if Matt could be my husband. I'm quarantining, hoping and pray I can get through this, done one COVID test, hopefully in a couple of days I can meet Matt. Ah!
0: This, <laughs> checking back in with Heather Martin at the different <laughs> phases of her quarantine. <laughs> it's just, I mean, all this other shit's taking place over the course of one day.
1: Yeah. Oh, the timeline is is insane.
0: <laughs> and she starts talking about how she's going crazy. I mean, we'll get to her next performance, but... It's just like, how long have you been quarantining? All this other shit's happening in a day, in also, one day. why do we
1: need all these check-ins with her?
0: This Heather Martin thing, I just don't... There's some times that happens in our beloved game where the producers throw something in that is just... It's too far. It's so manipulative. It's so distracting to the normal flow of the game that it jars you completely out of it. This is that for me. And mm. I don't know if the normal viewing audience picks this up i don't know how much of america is watching the show and just being like oh my god i can't believe heather martin chose to get in a car and drive to neemical and just to hopefully get on the show how many people
1: believe that's real how what percentage of people watching this even know who she is i think
0: a high amount season 23 wasn't that long ago
1: yeah but she wasn't like one of the main players kiss virgin though
0: i feel like kiss virgin stood out to me that was an interesting kind of like hadn't seen that. no
1: i mean obviously i know who she is
0: (laughs) whatever the case about knowing who she is how many people believe any of it's real someone does is that 10 percent 20 percent all
1: of the hannah brown stands which is probably a big portion of the audience and i feel like she's kind of trying to do a little bit of a hannah brown thing like a goofy goofy good girl But we get to the night portion of Piper's one-on-one date. And Piper says, I'm really trying to be positive right now. I'm stressed out. Don't want to ruin a good thing. But I have to be able to open up and communicate my feelings, though it's very foreign to me. So she's loading these walls. And at dinner, she tells him I'm not used to reflecting on feelings. I've seen talking about feelings as weakness due to my upbringing. She's playing these walls that she had loaded And Matt says, how did your parents express emotions? And she said, well, we don't say love. It's all through actions, although I want that. It's not how we operate as a family. I wish it wasn't how I was brought up, but it made me tougher. And she cries here. And she says, I need words. And that's why it's so hard for me to let people in. This is a great PTC she's playing here that her family never said that they loved her and matt says we can work on that together it's something i've struggled with he has a parallel story saying that it's liberating to put who i am on the table which i'm like what has he put on the table i feel like we don't know who he is at all nothing like nothing although (laughs) the charcuterie boards i did read that
0: he and chelsea vaughn when she had her conversation about her hair he added to it with his own experiences and the things he's gone through with his hair and different hairstyles and whatever, how it has affected him emotionally, and the show cut that out. I hate we that. We never got to Why see that Why would they
1: footage. cut that? Because it, you tell me. it's like, oh, Matt James is black?
0: <laughs> I have no idea. But that, that supposedly sucks. is the case. That's what I've read. I feel so.
1: like that's like erasure of his lived experience. Yeah, of course. It's terrible.
0: This is the show we watch. This is the game we that's love. That's
1: what I, I want to see, that conversation.
0: As do I. I think as do most people.
1: Matt gives her a challenge. Says, I'm challenging you to be open with me. Tap into why you feel the way you feel so I can be there for you. And Piper says, I show love through actions, but I want to do more of saying. I know I'm not good at it. Be patient with me. But I don't want to be afraid of how I feel anymore. I wouldn't want to bring that into our relationship. Matt I am falling in love with you and that is the scariest thing in the world to say because I have always seen that as giving up part of myself. It makes me fearful but also really excited. Her walls are coming down. She ups her love level to love level three. And this was my play, 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 play of the game. The way Piper does this one-on-one date is just beautiful. It's textbook. I mean, maybe more of a like specific story about the, the family never LL4-ing her, basically. But um, she plays walls at the exact right time. They come down. She does this love level three. They have a very strong chemistry game, and they kiss after this. She gets the rose immediately after upping the love level.
0: I found it to be a very good play. It was not my play of the game, but yes, you're right. It was a textbook wall to cold family PTC, punctuated with tears, followed by an LL3. I thought she could have maybe gone to an LL2, maybe not blazed the LL3 here and still got in the rows. However, she is now in the head of the pack with Rachel Kirkconnell. They are the only two players at Love Level 3. They are the furthest ahead in this race, but wasn't my play of the game. It maybe was the best play in terms of how it's going to affect, obviously, the outcome for a player, but I just had another play that I liked more. And so it's my play of the game that I'll say later.
1: I look forward to that. You're welcome to your own play of the game. As
0: it, in fact, probably, I mean, I don't think it had a negative impact on the game. I don't think it would have changed anything either way, but I just enjoyed it the most, and I'll get to it.
1: I have a runner-up play of the game, but I don't think it's the same as yours, but we'll see. Interesting. All right. Uh, They go to a private concert with Temecula Road after this and Slow Dance. And the song goes, Everything I love, 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 love. The soundtrack to her LL3 Rays. And there's also a lyric in the song that says, Prayer to God.
0: Which God do you think they're praying to? I looked up Temecula Road on an application called Instagram. Mm-hmm. I found out they are a Nashville recording artist on the Buena Vista label. That's Disney.
1: Mm-hmm. Disney owns
0: ABC. I think all of the musical artists that they always use are somehow related to either Warner Brothers or Disney's record labels.
1: Do you think they will have Brie and Chris come back to perform solo? <laughs> broken up, you mean? No. I, I mean, don't. like, bring back only one of them. <laughs>
0: no. I think we'll never They're see done. them They're done. They should yeah. have never broken up. I don't think anybody from Listen to Your Heart has got a chance to do anything, unfortunately. Portion seven begins. Morning at Nima Colon. We open with more self-shot footage from Heather Martin, who is in her room going crazy balancing a pizza box on her head and switching her hands from knee to knee as the pizza box falls off and she laughs what is happening here what in the fuck am i
1: watching i don't know i like it's kind of like mini tiktok videos maybe they're like this little appeal to gen z or something But like Heather
0: Martin is not coming up with the ideas for these herself. Producers are telling her, you need to do something funny. I don't know. Put a pizza box on your head. Okay. So like, I don't know what the intent of this is that the producers are like, we need to have some B roll of her where we can cut back and she's just doing funny shit in her room. Ha ha ha.
1: I mean, they're giving her so much screen time with this that she must get a rose, right?
0: I have no idea. I can't imagine that being the case.
1: You think they're just having her record all these videos and then she's just going to be cut.
0: How does Matt James explain that? I mean, we'll get to the end of this episode. We even have all the players saying he better not fucking do that. A, a potential threat of unionization.
1: So it's just, just a, a full day player. Essentially.
0: And she's there to get whatever kind of screen time she can. But we go to the group date. All the players show up in a room where Matt James is waiting in a bowling shirt and then they go to a bowling alley. I already have memories of Ari Leyendeich licking a bowling ball, swirling in my head. The ghosts of that date are already with me, sitting on the couch beside me as I watch this date, which is a mirror image, basically.
1: I also experienced the feeling of watching it with Ari Dyke ghosts around me. Did you? It's like I was watching like a movie where it's like the scene has been transposed on the screen and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah.
0: Like the Look. dead leaves in the dirty ground White Stripes video.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> How dare
0: you? That's a very famous music video. I
1: know music less than sports. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you're laughing. You don't listen to You're music? like... I didn't say I don't listen to music. I just know it. I don't know music facts. <laughs> okay. Fair. Except about listen to your heart.
0: <laughs> Kit ITMs that this is her favorite group date so far. I loved this little bit <laughs> they add in there. Because the other group dates she was on were fucking... They were forced to beat the shit out of each other in a boxing ring and beat the shit out of each other in wedding dresses while they're slopping paint and like tackling each other in an open field this is the first date she's had where she doesn't have to get her ass
1: kicked a brief respite a bowling play for time uh dark lord harrison crashes he was not wearing a bowling shirt which i wish he had been but he's wearing a suit and he high fives Bree maybe and kit goes what's the twist Lord Harrison says, I know you thought you're having a leisurely day, but we need competition. There's two teams winning team gets to go to the after party, losing team does a long walk home in the rain and loses their chance at the rose. Chelsea says, I expected a competition, but not play for time. And they bowl.
0: <laughs> and these teams, by the way, are a team of five players versus a team of four players. At some point, they flash up the score. The pink petals have 451. The blue bombshells have 448. There's one frame left. I don't know how they're doing this math. I guess they're doing it by averages.
1: Serena P does something here. This was my runner-up for play of the game. She yells, Abigail, I love you, but gutter. And then Abigail fucking gutters. Serena P sabotages Abigail in order to win the play for time. She psyched her through out. Through taunting, Yes. <laughs> It reminded me of Kelly Flanagan cheating in the obstacle course. <laughs> Do yeah. what you can to get ahead.
0: Similar effect. The pink Pedals win it. That's Chelsea, jacinia, Michelle, and Serena P. DLH comes out, gives them a trophy and some extra time. And the blue bombshells, Kit, Bree, Abigail, Serena C., and Rachel. By the
1: way, I feel like they had Dark Lord Harrison give this trophy out in order to intimidate Matt into not inviting the losers because I feel like Ari was able to do it because he it was just him but Dark Lord Harrison being there Matt has to like go against what he's saying in order to be benevolent
0: I think they openly told him we're gonna let you bring the other players later just don't say anything about it now Hmm. I think he knew that that fix was in this is all designed we're gonna get to why and how the producers did this to them but it's fucking insane so basically this is another date that seems like turtling is baked into it the losers have to go home they don't get time to talk to him
1: stone cold player rachel Kirkconnell says even the rose that's up for grabs we don't even get that chance
0: and portion eight begins with katie and piper talking about feeling like new women from one-on-one dates and the losers return they all complain about not getting time because the oblivious Matt James is cheering to being in the winner's circle back in the bowling alley with the winners with the pink petals. Back in the NEMA common room, Abigail breaks into tears, wondering how she can take this seriously when she can't even get time. And then DOH shows up materializing in the darkness once again, this time with good news. He brings a date card. It's for the losers. Matt James says, I feel terrible about today. Please come to the after party. And these players... They are all crying in this moment. They turn on a fucking dime, sobbing to cheering, smiles, glee. Rachel says, all those tears were for nothing. Oh no, Rachel, they were definitely for something. The producers have just let everyone come to the party, but they sent half of the players away and let them believe they were not going to get this fucking time. Specifically to induce the emotional whiplash effect that they all have to be feeling in this instant— incredibly fucking intense. They're all on the verge of emotional collapse now, primed to be pushed over the edge.
1: Why wouldn't they have the losers join? We already savored them their suffering by them walking home in the rain, thinking they lost. Now we get to suffer, savor the suffering of the winners.
0: I mean, the producers are nothing if not completely Machiavellian in this entire season bringing players in bringing players out forcing turtling a fake turtle here make you think you're turtling but now you're not going to turtle make the winners think oh our odds are better back at the after party uh he has one-on-one time with Michelle. Her trophies on the table. They talk about how he loves her competitiveness. They kiss. Serena P then starts breaking down why it's better to have four people competing for the group date roses instead of nine. She's talking about percentages. Twenty-five percent chance now <laughs> exponentially higher odds. She says, which is not exactly true, but definitely better odds. And then the losers come in, and this whiplash happens to the fucking winners.
1: Fuck you! You thought you had a twenty-five percent chance? uh <laughs> Redo your math, Serena P. Matt says this process is too important to not get time with everyone. He grabs Justenia. Serena P. crinkles a note out of her boob at some point to Matt. And then she says, I am falling for you. I just thought I'd let you know. Serena P. ups her love level to love level three.
0: And she gets a kiss. Seals it with that chemistry play. And then Chelsea gets someone on one time. She asks him to hold on a little longer because she knows she has her guard up. He tells her, if you're here, it's because I see myself with you. He says this to literally every player at all times. It is his generic soothing phrase. And then he returns to the group to hand out the GDR. Serena P gets the bronze medal speech. Chelsea gets the silver medal speech. And Michelle gets the gold medal. The group date rose itself for her high level of competition and strong chemistry game. Portion 9 begins with Morning at Nemecoolin. Who are we going to see? Oh, it's (laughs) Heather Martin. She's in her room again. She's now really pretending to be going insane by role-playing the fairy tale character Rapunzel as she hangs her head out of a window and calls for Matt. (laughs) I just, I'm watching this like, what in the fuck is going on She here? says,
1: I just realized I'm Rapunzel. I can let down my hair and he can climb up. Matt, just going a little crazy. Might need some human interaction pretty soon. The other self-shot
0: footage that we've seen in our beloved game from like, Colton has done some, obviously, in the mornings when he's waking up. Mm-hmm. We've seen some other self-shot shit, I feel like, too. Claire did some for Laquinta when she was quarantining. Yeah, I think all, all the, the
1: leads have been doing it.
0: Some of the other players did self-shot shit on La Quinta as well. All of it has been more interesting than this. This is so far the worst self-shot footage I have ever seen in our beloved game.
1: I also, I'm like, why didn't they make it about the never been kissed thing? Why wouldn't, well, I guess maybe they want to distance it from Colton. I don't know. We, I mean, we saw all of the selfie videos of all the guys quarantining last season. You would think they would come up with some better shit at this point. And also, that's the best stuff. They probably edited it out other, <laughs> other footage of her doing oh God, God knows what.
0: I need the <laughs> Heather Martin tapes. That's up there with missing Hooji footage, baloney shows. Mm-hmm. God damn it. But we cut away from Heather and her attempts to amuse us. And we go to Matt James walking into a rec room where he finds somebody who ain't a player on this season but was a player on season 15 of the bachelorette this is his best friend and target of birthday cakes to the face tyler cameron super spreader event
1: enthusiast and number one male player on instagram he's got a pool cue in his hand and he yells matt what's up my man spread eagle arms
0: And this is the council of the Instagram crown. Matt James explains why he likes Katie. TC tells him to stay open because his relationship with Hannah B didn't start until later in his season. Matt James ITMs how good it was to see Tyler. And I've seen this process work for him, he says. (laughs) What in the fuck is he talking about here? Just fame, right? Like, that's what he means. The process worked. He got 2.3 million Instagram followers. That's what I'm looking for.
1: The process worked. He was able to fake an on-again, off-again relationship with Hannah B until he was able to bang a supermodel, Gigi Hadid.
0: He got eliminated in third place. He didn't find love. He didn't even find a short-term Instagram girlfriend
1: out of he his He found process. a YouTube channel.
0: Exactly. That's the only success. And a core crew. The only process working for him that Matt James could possibly be referring to is the fame element of it. That's the only thing he got out of it.
1: He got a TV show where he was making little dog houses. And
0: then we cut to another room where Matt James is waiting for Katie, who shows up for the day portion of their one on one.
1: And she. Your tone per- is starting to shift. <laughs> 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 With anticipation.
0: <laughs> well, it's because Katie Thurston <laughs> performs a hooju to open this portion of
1: the date i really wish we had a video podcast right now your face was just lunacy it's kind of like your tiktok face it's
0: shot like complete shit so you can't really tell if this is a good huju or not it's very close up you don't get a good sense of any portion of it but you do see that she has a decent approach you see that she's it was certainly better than her group date huju more enthusiasm, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But this is marked as a hooju. I think it'll be very hard to really break this one down. I'm gonna do my best on my Instagram. But credit where credit's due. It was a good hooju. And we'll get to maybe something else later.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, Matt explains that one of his best friends happens to be here at the spa and that this is gonna be a prank date. And Tyler is thinking that he's going to have a fancy massage, but you and me, Katie, are going to be in the ear of an actor we hired to play his masseuse, and we're going to ruin his massage. And what follows is um, not okay.
0: <laughs> the whole room is filled with cameras. Katie and Matt James are sitting behind a computer monitor watching the camera feeds as... Tyler walks in and this masseuse is now going to be conscripted into service of what appears to be assault. This masseuse was my (laughs) Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno bystander of the week. She is forced to tweak Tyler Cameron's nipples. Supposedly, we don't see that footage. They don't show it. So I don't know if it's real or not, but she certainly is in there. She, we see her rolling on his back when Matt James says, okay, go as hard as you can, try to break his bones. So all kinds of assault are going on during
1: this, apparently. This, uh, this attempt to get the actor playing masseuse to sexually assault Tyler Cameron and crush his bones was my error error error, error of the game I, I'm honestly I'm looking back on this and I'm like was Tyler Cameron in on this because like this is actually a huge thing I remember there was a um, massage envy scandal where there were Like hundreds of women who came forward and said that uh, massage therapists had uh, assaulted them. It's just like a very—you're in a vulnerable position already. He's being recorded without his knowledge. They're making they're sexually assaulting him. There was a somebody in Bachelor. Was it one
0: of the old Bachelorettes? Yes, on the show, got sexually assaulted by a masseuse.
1: Um. You're right. Meredith Phillips, the second ever bachelorette, claims that she was drugged and assaulted by a masseuse during the filming of her season. I believe by a female masseuse.
0: Whatever the case, this, at least for me, harkened back to that to some degree.
1: By the way, that's why Meredith Phillips is never at the reunions or anything. She wasn't in that Pass the Rose video that had every other bachelorette because of something like this.
0: A problematic one-on-one activity, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Yeah. It also involves a prank call, which is less disturbing. And then Matt James enters the room and starts oiling up his hands to give Tyler a massage himself and then lay down on his back laughing. And then the joke is up. They all meet Tyler C. He can't believe this prank has been pulled on him. And portion 10 begins. Night at Nema. Uh oh. Oh my God. I can't believe what I witnessed. Mm-hmm. Man James waits outside of a building and Katie runs up to him. This is at night, again, I'll say. Quick jog. Leap. And we have another fucking Huju. She did the day portion Huju. She's now doing a night hooju. I'm not sure I've ever seen a night Huju. I have no memory of one.
1: I have no memory of someone doing two Hujus on one date. I don't think it's ever been done. I don't
0: think that's ever been done. And I don't think a night hooju exists. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. <laughs> because usually the night... Portion of the date is the dinner portion. It's like the more serious portion.
1: Yeah. Usually they're dressed in a fancier outfit that's harder to hooju in.
0: Exactly. And this huju, whatever we may have lost with the first huju in the terrible shooting and editing of the producers, we have gained tenfold in how this huju is covered. This huju is exquisite. Beautiful approach quick jog good momentum laughing and excited arms outstretched very good mount much better than before high mount her elbows rest on his shoulders that's how far she cleared no ankle lock around the back but it's fucking close the bottom of one of her shoes is touching her other ankle the cling is solid I think maybe she couldn't get that ankle lock only because she's too small. Maybe her legs don't fit all the way around him. And you can't get a pass for that, unfortunately. But it's, she's trying. I see it. She still has a tight leg grip around his waist. Her hands are clasped behind his neck. She transitions this into a perfect makeout with a light, happy dismount into a fucking handhold. She never stops touching him after the mount <laughs> constant contact uh-huh. it's fucking brilliant she has taken virtually every opportunity she sees the lead to huju him including a fucking group date and a night portion
1: she is a professional player look I I had suspicions that Katie was in the pit before this point after this double huju I'm like She one hundred percent proof listens to our podcast.
0: (laughs) Not only, I mean, I don't even know how to begin talking about this. Not only did she do a group date hooju, a night portion hooju, a double fucking one-on-one date hooju, this last one that she did, like she went out with a fucking bang. This shit was excellent. It's like not quite Kelsey Weir level, but I, I don't know if anybody's gonna get to that level her athleticism is just like fucking unbelievable but this was a fantastic fucking huju she definitely put all of her effort into it i i just loved it absolutely loved it
1: uh they talk about the day portion and how much fun it was to torture his best friend and katie says in the past one thing she was missing was she was missing someone that was playful he's like His questions are so bizarre. What's been a long-term relationship for you? She says, well, I had a relationship almost three years, thought he was going to be the one, but I was not being who I was truly meant to be. I've been particular about who I want to date and now I'm quick to recognize a red flag, was thinking hopefully maybe I could change them or help them. I want to meet somebody who is also ready and knows who they are. No changing anybody, accept each other from the get-go and grow together. I'm here for you through all of it. I can see it's continuing, and I'm very hopeful my love story is your love story. I'm here to the end if you want me to be.
0: Brilliantly said. There's a line in the middle there where she says, I want to meet someone who knows who they are. You want to meet someone who knows who they are? Well, there's Matt James sitting across from you. Is he not that person? What do you mean someone? It's this subtle psychological hint that he's not the one for me somebody else will be find me someone else I will meet that person eventually because I'm gonna be the fucking bachelorette this is a crown play this is a fucking genius well in the, all the same lines she's saying I am committed to you I'll be here if you want me to be here all the shit that you have to say the fucking praising the process the 4TRR but that's in there it's laid in there I'm gonna meet someone who knows who they are
1: she knows her brand and she is sticking to it through and through and she even says like that's her brand is that she doesn't change, that she is authentically herself. And she gets multiple people to say that about her in the show.
0: Oh, you know what? I forgot to mention that nighttime hooju was my. play let, let, let play of the ga- game. I got so excited talking about it, I forgot to give it its proper award.
1: I was wondering. I was like, he hasn't said his play of the game yet. That's hilarious. It was that. Yeah, Sorry. Oh, I mean, sorry. it's beautiful. It deserves it, but. It was. It was
0: fucking fantastic.
1: It was a strong play, but unfortunately, the date takes a turn.
0: Katie's even trying here, too. She's like, I don't know if you're getting the validation you deserve, but you're doing a great job. How do you do it? Just she's trying. She's doing everything right. And unfortunately, it's just not in the cards for her. Or fortunately, it's just not in the cards for her because now she's going to get the fucking crown. But Matt James picks up the one on one rose and he says he appreciates her and how much she's meant to him in the process. But she's been honest with him and he owes her the same honesty he's just progressed further along with other women that's his dump line that he uses on everyone as well and she gets a one-on-one execution here she holds it together she walks out and again we just are reminded that katie's worst part of her game is the first audience game which as she wears the crown will not matter at all Mm -mm. because she's the first audience now
1: she is going to devour the men on her season like they're just not going to be as skilled players as her
0: I think you're right. I think it's going to be very similar to what happened on the male goat, Nick Vial's season 21 of The Bachelor. He was such a seasoned player, an astute student of the game, at least in that era. I don't know that he is anymore, but he couldn't watch these other players trying to play it. Corinne Olympios was really the highest level player of that season. And he, you know, loved watching her, but he seemed bored with it.
1: Well, he was jaded. He was tired. Exactly. I don't think Katie's going to be like that at all.
0: But I don't think any of these guys are going to be able to run game against her because she understands the game cold. So if she sees somebody trying to make overt plays to get whatever screen time or whatever the case may be, she's going to shut this shit down immediately. It's going to be a fascinating season to watch.
1: I can't stop. I can't stop brainstorming about the limo exits, by the way. Are we going to see a dildo tot?
0: something yes I I think it must be referenced there's no way it won't be because it was such an iconic moment of this season arguably the most important moment I think it was part of why she gets the crown but in this moment where she gets kicked off all I could think was she has to be shitting her fucking pants because she made all of these plays perfectly she was definitely in terms of play one of the best this season and then she gets eliminated in fucking 11th place she's got to be like fuck I didn't do enough to get the crown. I'm going out way too early.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. There's no way you would think you're going to get the crown at this point. And I do think she kind of left some stuff on the table. We never saw her play her PTC about her dad to Matt James. We only saw her play it to Trot.
0: Doesn't mean she didn't play it. They might have cut that out and they're saving it for Bachelorette. Who knows? But the truth remains even though she's getting kicked off and over the place her play was so fucking strong she got the crown it's astounding
1: her exit is pretty good she plays it pretty blindsided said she felt the blood leave her face that she was picturing their future um i don't regret being myself it just sucks that it wasn't enough i thought it was too soon to count me out as one of them and she pulls out tears here Says, I know what I deserve, and I deserve a man who knows what I have to offer. I am who I am, and there's someone out there who wants that. Just fucking full, straight on crown speech.
0: She should have placed a crown on her head after she said that last line. (laughs) Then we cut back to the Nima common room, and of course, a grim reaper enters to take Katie's bag, and we see the reactions of the remaining players, Piper covers her mouth with both hands but you can see her eyes she's smiling she's covering a smile abigail (laughs) does the exact same thing and then this good bit of play here from rachel kirconnell she covers her entire face with both hands she covers her eyes nose and mouth you don't see a shred of the glee on her face at katie's dismissal and then portion 11 begins Heather Martin we're checking back in with old Heather she's getting ready for the cocktail party she says he could be her husband and it's her dream to get engaged to him she's never met him literally never met him
1: she loads love level one says she already has butterflies and also should be noted she's wearing a fucking wedding dress
0: (laughs) (laughs) they did her so fucking dirty this season Jesus Christ uh the women all come into the cocktail party. There's 10 ladies going in. Rachel gives a little first responder by handing him a glass of champagne. They all cheers. He bachelor preferences Abigail and then Heather drives in in her white wedding dress, cocktail dress through the night to Nima <laughs> They have her fucking driving. We see her
1: driving like, up to the front door.
0: It's so fucking <laughs> stupid. Oh God. It is.
1: Um, Abigail gets a kiss. Brie gets a kiss here. Heather emerges from the from the van as Brie is speaking, and she so slowly loses her train of thought as Heather struggles with the rotating door to come in.
0: Oh Jesus! I'm just like, <laughs> did they put a fucking wooden block in that door or something? Are they right. doing this to her on fucking purpose?
1: It's. I mean, un- they're leaving oh. that in the edit on purpose. They didn't have to show her struggling with the door at all. Um, and Heather performs a steal from Piper. Matt starts laughing so hard that he produces tears here.
0: They also do a thing when she walks in, though, once she gets out of the fucking rotating door, when she figures out how to get in, they have her walk right by all the other players without saying a word. She does kind of a wave and all the other players are like, who the fuck is that? What's going on? They're losing their minds. The anxiety is ratcheted up. The producers don't allow Heather Martin to explain herself or have any kind of soothing or relationship building with any of these players. She just walks right by him. Here's the element. Fuck you. Will this mean more turtling? Everybody's losing their mind now.
1: Of course it means more turtling. This is turtle season. And then after
0: Matt James is laughing, Piper comes out furious from having been stolen from and uh, tells all the other women, (laughs) That it's Heather from Colton's season, and he started laughing with he, when he saw her.
1: Matt laughing is another moment of, like, he hasn't seen this show. He doesn't understand the emotional stakes of, and what all the women are going through at all. He doesn't even think about that. Like, oh, this is probably going to send all the women into a tailspin. Doesn't even occur think to he him. Cares.
0: I cares. I don't think he gives a shit about it.
1: Uh the women discuss who she is. They're like she's from Colton season, she's friends with Hannah Brown. Piper says I'm literally shaking. Serena C says I already don't like her. Justenia, she's had her time. Go home, please. I love how they had this whole scandal of like the women bullying the new girls and not responding well and they literally force Matt James to kick out all of the people that bullied the new girls and then they just decide they're going to bully this new girl again. <laughs> They literally did it again. (laughs) That hasn't even been that long. (laughs) It's the exact same
0: thing. They did it fucking again. It's incredible.
1: Serena C in the promo says this virus is coming in. She's infecting the whole system. Literally a COVID joke. She is COVID.
0: Chelsea ITM's at the very end here. If you give her a rose, you better marry her because the rest of us are going to be pissed. This is an open threat to unionize to be like get rid of her or we're fucking walking and of course we don't get a rose ceremony and then yeah we're in the teaser everybody's fucking crying heather martin is even driven to tears so they are going to manage to destroy her in the process of all of this as well great and then the tag is serena p is forced to hold up a pillow so matt james can show off his karate skills and kick it out of her hand
1: who was your mvp Piper was my (laughs) M-M-M-M-V-P. You called Piper Final Four from the very beginning, and I think you saw something in her that I feel like is really starting to come out. Her one-on-one was absolutely outstanding. She played this PTC of no familial ll4s and that she had a different love language than her parents and she actually produced tears there she had a perfect walls game perfect love level three raise, and strong chemistry game at the private concert i was incredibly impressed by piper this episode
0: piper james was also my
1: M M M M
0: M V P. Totally agree with you. For this round of the game, I think she had the strongest overall play. And I think there's more PTCs to come. I think that was some kind of generalized PTC about, oh, my parents weren't as emotionally invested as I would have liked them to be. I think she's got something else up her sleeve. And I think she's going to pull it (sighs) out at the next opportunity. And uh, I think she's going to go very far. Still, as you said, she was in my top four, and I think that's going to pay off. We I shall love see. A
1: layered PTC.
0: I think it may be a totally different PTC. Hmm. Illness, death, something of that nature. We will find out very shortly. But thank you, everyone. That does it. This was our game coverage for this week, and still. No mention of any of the Rachel Kirkconnell stuff coming from either her or the show or anyone surrounding it. I think she's supposed to go on Happy Hour and talk about it, if I remember reading that right. I'm not exactly positive, but I think Rachel Lindsay mentioned something about that. Happy
1: Hour is the place for the apology tour now. Another thing we have not heard any mention of, Jed Talks. Where is it? What happened?
0: I think he got that letter. Cease and desist or we will sue you to fucking death.
1: Do you think we're getting letters? (laughs) For what? Should we be checking for letters? I don't know. I never check my mail.
0: (laughs) I'm just kidding. I do check my mail. I've received no letters from NZK, Warner Brothers, ABC, or anyone.
1: The de-jetification of the internet. It's happening.
0: Yeah, I think he got completely shut down by production. Unfortunately, because I really did want to listen to that podcast. I was curious to hear what he had to say. I'm also curious to see if he'll just put out like kind of a watered down version of it and be like, well, fuck it. I could still do my podcast. I'll just talk about my music. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, interested to see how the whole Rachel thing is going to be handled. I think we were talking about whether or not they would address it on a reunion show, Women's All or After the Final Rose. I think there's it will 100% be addressed. I think in other seasons you could have gotten away with maybe glossing over it, but not this one.
0: I agree. I think it must be addressed the manner in which it will be addressed. I'm curious. Like if it, is it going to be on happy hour? Is it going to be an Instagram story? Is it going to be a whole full hot seat on after the final rose or women's tell all? I don't know, but we will find out very quickly. And we're going to start finding out other shit about bachelorette very quickly too i think that announcement's going to come in the next few days and then we're going to start getting players leaked and all of that shit starts up again just like it did for bachelorette whatever that was three four months ago jesus christ
1: this year is crazy
0: it's crazy in so many fucking ways
1: it's so crazy i feel like i'm being driven to be like rapunzel
0: you start spinning a pizza box on your head (laughs)
1: Well, thank you guys for joining us for our game breakdown. We will be coming at you with Twibbon on Thursday, this week of Bachelor Nation. All the Bachelor Nation news, all the parasocial plays of the week, our screams from the pit.
0: And state of the world. A lot of interesting things going on out there in that big wide world. Some of them related to aliens, others not. We'll see what we get.
1: <laughs> will it be an alien or a not alien episode? <laughs> 50 50 we shall see
0: (laughs) but thank you also for sending me all of the delicious tids at bachelor clues down deep in the pit it's what i live on it's how i subsist so thank you for keeping me alive and also for those who might be interested we did just release a patreon episode yesterday and you can listen to the first half hour of it in your normal podcast feed. But if you want to hear the whole thing, which has over an hour more of content, as well as a bunch of different podcast episodes that we've dropped in there, videos, lists of our terms, pictures of squirrels, many things <laughs> can be found deep in the bottom of the pit. If any of that interests you, please go over to patreon.com gameofroses and you can check it all out.
1: The episode we did this week, we talked about the announcement of Katie Thurston, and we discussed Nick Vial's episode of the Vial files with Rachel Harris. In
0: which they talked a lot about gameplay and even likened our beloved game to the game of football. So check that out if you dare. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at?
1: It has been 6,896 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Lord Harrison.
0: Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15%
1: tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine tighter skin or your money back get a 15 percent discount code by using the discount code game that's fiber skincare if you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor viewing parties i'm gonna let you in on a little secret i found the personalized The most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious. And I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends.
0: Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing.
1: What's in the box?
0: On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's tryfirstlea dot Slash Roses. Try Firstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooly and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really.
1: You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up.